Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today you're going from idea to publish you've got mind map outline rough draft self-editing professional editing cover design actually formatting the book and then launching so mm-hmm. those are kind of like the eight milestones and we could you know we could slice and dice those in or dive into any that are more helpful but like mm-hmm. that's the big picture to get a book ready to launch and then there's all the things like you know, people can kind of watch how you did with your recent book launch or, mm-hmm. and, and probably glean some things. But like then there's the actual launch and marketing of the book. Mm-hmm. And then I'm a big fan of, you know, a lot of people, it, it, I call it the Lamborghini versus the uh, versus the Toyota Camry approach with mm-hmm. your book. And a lot of people treat their books like a Lamborghini and they, they use this Lamborghini launch. It's like mm-hmm. it's flashy. It's sexy. It's mm-hmm. loud. It's mm-hmm. it, but it's a week. Mm-hmm. And then they and then they drop it like it's hot and then move on to the next thing mm-hmm. instead of setting up your book to sell well long term like a Toyota Camry. And so that's where it's like, I think you've done so many interesting things, whether it's on your everyday. I mean, knocking on almost 2000 reviews on Amazon, which mm-hmm. is wild. Or, in, or the new book, Embrace Your Almost, it's like you're integrating that into your content. You're mm-hmm. building assets. So like continue to embed that mm-hmm. so that, that those books can continue to sell. They continue to bring people into the ecosystem, mm-hmm. into the podcast with some of your program. Like mm-hmm. all that stuff fits together, which I think is really smart. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Hey Chandler, welcome to She. Great to be here, Jordan. Thank you for having me. Yes, so happy to have you. I have been looking forward to this conversation for a couple of months now. I was on your show back in the spring and we had a great combo and I was like, I have to have this human on my podcast. Um, <laughs> so I am looking forward to it. But before we dig in, can you tell us a little more of your background for those who may not be familiar with you, kind of what you do and what led you to help others self-publish books? Yeah, so I'm a C-level English student and a college dropout <laughs> with ADHD who hated reading and writing and then ultimately ended up falling in love with it. Mm. You know, I dropped out of school and I, I decided, hey, I've got to act like I'm still in school because there's so much still that I want to learn. But I just turned the way that I learned to books. And so started reading a ton of books and then wrote my first couple of books and those did decently well. And so that ultimately led to creating self-publishing school and self-publishing.com and We've published about 7,000 books in the last wow. seven years or so. So wow. 
That's so cool. I mean, I love the concept too, because I think one of the biggest questions so many people wrestle with when they want to write something or they want to tell their story or they want to share a message with the world is like, where do I even start? And this whole traditional publishing Mm. thing feels so overwhelming. And I don't even know if it's for me. And so really, I think what you've really done a good job of is positioning the self-publishing route as a really good, smart, you know, move in, mm. in, in a business sense and also in a personal passion sense. And I think you've really given some great tools with that. So even just kind of on that topic, I'd love if we can start by having you clarify the difference between self-publishing a book and traditional publishing, because you're more familiar mm. with the self-publishing side. I'm more familiar with the traditional side, but let's yeah. talk about the pros and cons of each and kind of what differentiates them. Yeah. So, you know, so it used to be that the only way that you could sell books was to get into bookstores. Mm-hmm. Only way you could get into bookstores was to be traditionally published. Mm-hmm. Only way you could be traditionally published is to have an agent. And there was kind of like all these all these roadblocks for people and it just took a really long time. And so, you know, traditionally publishing, it makes sense for probably 1% of people listening. Mm-hmm. If you've got a massive audience, you can get a big advance. Mm-hmm. That's the advantage and you, you get a little bit more distribution. But then self-publishing, you know, it's, it's, it's really kind of becoming the preferred option for a lot of authors because mm-hmm. You can publish faster. You maintain your IP. Uh, you keep all of the royalties, uh, and you have full creative control. Mm-hmm. And so, this, there's so many other things as well. You know, like if you want to roll this into your book into uh, an online training program, mm-hmm. or just like there's just a bunch of stuff like that. So, you know, for 99% of people, that probably makes more sense to self-publish. Mm-hmm. But if you got a big audience like you do, and you can get a big advance mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. I think then it makes more sense to traditionally publish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. I think that's a really good breakdown. And I think even just to like, even when you were saying with the advance, for those who aren't familiar with that word, that's a publishing term that means an upfront payment. So really the self-publishing approach is more like you put in the effort on the front end, you probably make mm-hmm. some investments into some editing and to design that kind of stuff. But then you get to keep a larger percentage of every book sale for the most part in many cases. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's a lot more of like the income is on the back end after the sales versus with traditional publishing, you are getting a large kind of guaranteed sum up front. And then if you sell through that amount in terms of sales, then you start making royalties on the books over that or that sell over that amount. So it's kind of like the front end versus back end mm-hmm. in terms of what you know the payment is. That's why they call it an advance. It's advanced pay. But one thing I think that also is important to touch on is that I think there's this, and not always, but I think some people may have kind of a preconceived notion that self-publishing is like the more inferior route because it's not through this like, big <laughs> yeah, formal you for know sure. process. Yeah. So let's like bust that myth a little bit. <laughs> yeah. It, it, you know, it used to be the backup plan mm-hmm. uh, and, and it used to be really hard. And it was, it was kind of, it was, a, it was a total backup plan. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, you're not traditionally published, but now, I mean, over 70% of books sold are sold on Amazon right. and, and mm-hmm. other online book re- retailers. And you don't need a publisher to publish in those places. Mm-hmm. And the end reader doesn't know the difference right. and doesn't care yeah. about the difference. I mean, it's a small line on the Amazon listing. And so I would say your self-published book shouldn't look self-published. Mm-hmm. So I think that's very important. And yeah. so if you do a quality job of publishing, it, it, the, the reader won't tell the difference mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter to them. And then you have all the benefits of it. And it's kind of like you were saying, it's almost like this more entrepreneurial yeah. way to publish mm-hmm. because you're blazing your own trail and you know, there's bigger upside. Yeah. You're creating your own product that you don't, because with traditional publishing, you are really partnering with a publisher, right? So there's right. a split there versus when you kind of what you mentioned in the beginning, maintaining your IP. Can you define what IP is for those who don't know? Yeah. So it's, it's your intellectual property. Yeah. 
And so there's just can be some sticky things, whether if you want to do giveaways in Mm -hmm. your book, sometimes the publisher won't let you do that. If you want to use that same uh, intellectual property to create like a training program, Mm -hmm. um, you know, they may or may not allow that. And Mm -hmm. there's just a bunch of other things like that. Yeah. You have to like ask a lot more permission and find out and work that into contracts versus if you self-publish, you have full creative control and discretion over those decisions. So there's pros and cons, like you said, but I do think it's really important to kind of shift our mindset from you know, oh, traditionally, traditional publishing is like the goal and this is the backup plan. I think it's a really good primary plan for so many people. I mean, mm, and what a lot yeah. of people don't realize in my own stories, I actually self-published before I ever worked with a publisher, mm. partly because I actually pitched my book with an agent or a book idea, which I, it, it was a, it was literally like not even an idea. It was just like a general inspiration book and every publisher said no. And so I was like, okay, well, that's fine. I'm like 22. I shouldn't be doing this anyway with my life. I was like, I have no business pitching to publishers in this stage of my life. And so (laughs) I spent a year or so like speaking on college campuses, kind of figuring out my message. Mm. And I started creating like some resources that were self-published. They were more like, they weren't so much chapter books, but they were more like daily reads or devotionals or like tool books, if you will, which was actually Mm. a really, and I'd be curious your perspective on this because that was a really helpful place for me to start with publishing in general. It ended up helping once I started doing the more traditional publishing, because I was able to point to that and say, hey, look, this is a book I published two years ago or a year ago, and this is the sales so far. So if you ever have aspirations for traditional publishing, it can be helpful to do something like self-publishing prior. But even if you don't, like... I felt like it was really helpful for me to start with a book that was something I could get out in like a month or two. Like I wrote 30 Mm, days, you know, it was short. It wasn't like I needed to write my 300 page chapter book Mm -hmm. for the first thing that I did. And it helped me kind of figure out, are are they responding to this message? It kind of gives you like a trial, if you will, because it's not as much upfront work. So I'm curious what your thought is on approaching self-publishing with something like maybe before writing, you know, your 300 page memoir or your like guidebook that's 200 chapter, you know, 20 chapters. Is there any value, or was that just my experience, but is there a value across the board of considering maybe like a smaller version of that or uh, maybe like a a more of like a gift book or like a workbook Mm. or a devotional type book or a guidebook, something that's a little bit shorter instead of like the big, big thing at at first? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's it's a great point, Jordan. And and so I think, you know, for most people, like your first book isn't going to be your best book. Mm -hmm. For most people. And that's like, it's a hard pill to swallow. Because it's like so much work. (laughs) Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah. But and so I'm a big fan of of starting with, okay, what do you know the most about? Mm -hmm. Um, What do you get asked about? And, you know, what's the most likely book that you're going to start and finish? Mm -hmm. So this is going to be the easiest to write. You're most likely to finish it and start with that book. Mm -hmm. And then that can either be a proof of concept that can be, Mm -hmm. and then you get feedback. Like it starts the the whole kind of feedback cycle. And mm-hmm. then, and then if you do decide to traditionally publish in the future, like this may have came up for you when you're talking to random house is, Hey, you can point to all these book sales yep. and it's got publishers are kind of like banks, yep. you know, it's like they say banks only give money to people who don't need it. <laughs> Similarly, publishers give deals to people who don't need it. So uh-huh. when you have a proven track record of selling books of any kind, that jumps out to a publisher and helps you get a better deal. Yeah, a hundred percent. Because I think one big thing that a lot of people don't realize too, unless they're in the publishing space, is regardless of which path you take, so much of the marketing and even like the creative. Like, I mean, in, I've had many friends say like, um, the design that my publishers are doing are is very. It's kind of anticlimactic. Like I'm feeling like it's not. Mm. It's nowhere near like what I would want it to be. And so, regardless of which path you take, people don't realize the amount of effort and and 
responsibility when it comes to marketing that actually does fall on the author now. Like I think if you go back a couple hundred years before social media existed and all of these tools that we have, like traditional publishing was the route because what they did is put you in stores and it gave you a chance to get in front of eyeballs. That happens now. Yes. But like you said, most people are ordering on Amazon or ordering online Mm -hmm. anyway. And so, so much of the marketing Mm -hmm. effort now falls heavily on the author anyway, like either route you Mm -hmm. go. And I think a lot of people don't realize that they think, Oh, I'm going to get with the publisher and there's going to be this crazy PR strategy and like all this marketing. And they do give (laughs) you some support. Yeah, totally. And sometimes that happens, but usually not with your first. Yeah. But honestly, like it's like, you're still so involved in like the strategic marketing and you're partnering with them. So they're giving another voice and another thought, but again, in either, in either direction, it's such a big project regardless, especially on the marketing side. So that's another like, I think myth that needs to be busted about like, if you traditionally publish, you will have like 10 times more marketing. It's like, not necessarily like you've got to be strategic either way. Yeah. I think the hard reality for a lot of authors is you are responsible for marketing your book. Mm -hmm. No one else is. And, and people think they transfer that responsibility when you sign with a publisher, Mm -hmm. but you don't. Right. And this is what, this is even what, I mean, I feel like you did so many smart things with your new book, Embrace Your Almost, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is what you were talking about on the podcast is you talked about all right, using Instagram. You talked about the micro-influencer mm-hmm. campaign and, like, using that and, like, all these di- little different things that it's like you were innovating. You were mm-hmm. owning that. You were you were creating this marketing strategy just like you would mm-hmm. any other product. Yep. And that's and I think that's really what it takes to, to do well with, with your book. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, I mean, even thinking through, like, okay, what are strategic short videos I can create that, like, because mm-hmm. the reality is when you publish a book, it's something you have to, it's like a long game and you have to talk about yeah. it 17 different ways so that it doesn't get like overly repetitive, but you're uniquely positioning it in all these different ways. And mm-hmm. a publisher is not going to be able to tell you how to do that any more than you're going to be able to come up with it. Cause you know, your community, you know, your storytelling style, you know, your voice, like so much of it lands on you anyway, even if they brainstorm mm-hmm. a little with you, but you can also text a friend and they can brainstorm with you. So it's like, yeah, you, can, yeah. you know, it's like there's value either way, but yeah, I'm glad that we touched on that because I do think a lot of people don't realize the amount that actually is on the author, regardless of the, mm-hmm. of the path that they go. Definitely. Okay. I would love if you can share a little overview of what the self-publishing process actually looks like. Like we hear about it. Mm-hmm. We, we're familiar with the phrase. We know like, okay, I'm publishing it. How, what does that even look like from a practical, like behind the scenes perspective? Yeah. So I like to break it down into kind of like these eight milestones and I've mm-hmm. got this little, it's like climbing a mountain and there's this little graphic. If people want to see the visual, it's on uh, the Amazon page for my new book is called published. Yeah. But yeah. basically there's, there's these, there's these eight milestones. I'm kind of looking at it right now as I, as I map through this, but so the, the first four milestones are, uh, is what I call the more writing method. Mm-hmm. So it's actually getting the book written, right? Mm-hmm. So more is an acronym that sounds, stands for mind map, outline, rough draft, and editing. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, so when I think about it, you're going from idea to publish, you've got mind map, mm-hmm. outline, rough draft, self-editing, professional editing, cover design, actually formatting the book and then launching. Mm-hmm. So those are kind of like the eight milestones and we could, you know, we could slice and dice those in or dive into any that are more helpful, but like, mm-hmm. that's the big picture to get a book ready to launch. And then there's all the things like, you know, people can kind of watch how you did with your recent book launch or, mm-hmm. and, and probably glean some things, but like, then there's the actual launch and marketing of the book. Mm-hmm. And then I'm a big fan of you know, a lot of people, I call it the Lamborghini versus the, uh, versus the Toyota Camry approach with mm-hmm. your book. And a lot of people treat their books like a Lamborghini and they, they use this Lamborghini launch. It's like, mm-hmm. it's 
flashy, it's sexy, it's mm-hmm. loud, it's mm-hmm. it, but it's a week. Mm-hmm. And then they and then they drop it like it's hot and then move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Instead of setting up your book to sell well long term like a Toyota Camry. And so that's where it's like I think you've done so many interesting things, whether it's on your everyday, I mean, knocking on almost two thousand reviews on Amazon, which mm-hmm. is wild. Or in, or the new book, Embrace Your Almost, it's like you're integrating that into your content. You're mm-hmm. building assets so like continue to embed that mm-hmm. so that, that those books can continue to sell. They continue to bring people into the ecosystem, mm-hmm. into the podcast with some of your program. Like mm-hmm. all that stuff fits together, which I think is really smart. Yeah, I mean, that's something I've really had to learn because I think you make a really good point. So often we hear we see the big like flashy week, which the launch week is a big week, right? Like a lot of effort is put into those first couple of weeks. But what was really interesting for me, and I haven't had a chance to share this with you, but it was really interesting to want to launch a second book in a kind of mm-hmm. different market, you know, post COVID world, kind of in a different and, and not doing a full tour. Like there was just things that were different about my first versus the second. And in the first time I did it, I didn't know any different. Right. And what was really interesting is when we finished week one, I was expecting the publishers to kind of like really focus on how did this do compared to the last you know book? And that was a part of it. But what they really focused on, they were like, okay, what we what we care about is like the 12 to 16 weeks after. Like, mm. let's see the big, like the, the yeah. longer runway. And, and it was like one of those reminders of like, oh yeah, week one is only so important. Like it's a long tail, yeah. you know? And yeah. anyway, so yeah. It's, and it's also figuring out how do you talk about it in different places? Because I think I really believe social media sells books in many ways because people mm-hmm. are tagging and they're, you know, making recommendations on their stories. All that's a great tool. But also we did like a podcast series that lasted yeah. eight weeks after the book came out. And we were talking about mm-hmm. themes from different chapters. And then we also figured out like an email campaign. Like you have to kind of think through what is the multifaceted approach here so that I'm not just fatiguing my social media following or my Instagram yeah. following talking about the same thing 24 seven, but yet I'm still being consistent. So yeah, I mean, mm. I, I think you're, I think you're right. Like there's this long tail, but kind of those eight milestones you mentioned are really helpful to kind of break it down because it feels like truly climbing a mountain. It feels so overwhelming. Yeah. Do you want to write a book? Have you ever dreamed of putting your message or your story into a book that other people can read and that you can use to not only impact others, but also maybe create a new revenue stream, maybe grow your business, start a new career path, or maybe all of the above? If you've been dreaming of writing a book, I have just the thing for you. My friend Aaron Weideman started from zero, truly from zero, and built a seven-figure publishing career. And now she's put together a program called Legacy Story Academy to help women write their stories, finish their books in 90 days or less. Yes, believe it or not, you really can do that. She actually has a 100% success rate. This is an incredible program and she is opening it on October 25th. And I'm partnering with her on that opening. I'm teaching a special bonus on how to launch a book, how to launch a bestseller. I've launched two national bestsellers and I've learned a thing or two about marketing a book. So In this program, Erin is going to help you write the book in 90 days or less. And then I'm going to come in and I'm going to give you a roadmap to creating a marketing plan to get this book in the hands of readers who need it and get reviews and really... Uh, grow your writing career. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, mark your calendar for October 25th. The doors are opening. But right now, you can actually get a sneak peek of the inside of the program for free. So Erin is so generous. She's giving away a lesson from inside of the program for free. And we added a bonus video where she's workshopping that lesson with me as like me as the student, she as the teacher, so that you can get an inside look into one of the modules in this program and get a peek into what you're going to learn, kind of like a little free 
free sample before you even jump in. So if you want to get started completely for free, go to the link at the show notes or just go to erinweideman.com slash LSA dash Jordan. That's E-R-I-N-W-E-I-D-E-M-A-N-N.com slash LSA dash Jordan. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14-karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50-80% to less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, a luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. (laughs) Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low tox and non-tox ingredients. And it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. 
And, and I think another thing people often wonder is like, is there technology, software platforms that help with the actual, like, how does a book go from, okay, it's written, it's designed, it's, you know, we have a marketing plan, but how do we actually turn it to where now it's recognized as published, right? Like that, yeah. that's, there's tools for that, right? Like, can you kind of give us yeah. an overview of that too? Cause I think that's a foreign concept for many people. Yeah. So, so there's, there's plenty of tools and services. So mm-hmm. I, I look at it kind of like, okay, you've got to get your manuscript done. Mm-hmm. Like if we wanted to even simplify this beyond the eight milestones, mm-hmm. right. And go even just, just bigger picture. It'd be mm-hmm. like, are right, we got to get the manuscript done? Mm-hmm. Then we've got to get it ready to publish and then we've got to launch it. Mm-hmm. And so like that part that you're speaking of, which is kind of from manuscript to, uh, or draft to publishable manuscript. Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of tools and software. And then there's also just services. Mm-hmm. Like we do a lot of this at self-publishing school and self-publishing.com now. And then there's, I mean, there's, you can hire a formatter, you can hire a cover designer, mm-hmm. and then you can publish through something like um, KDP print or mm-hmm. Kindle direct publishing. And so mm-hmm. those are kind of like the three there's all right, getting it to where you're able to sell it. And mm-hmm. then there's the formatting, cover design and editing. Those are kind of like the three service providers that mm-hmm. you need to hire. Mm-hmm. And obviously you can do some of that yourself if you choose to. I don't necessarily recommend it. Like there's nothing, nothing better than a great cover designer and a great editor. Mm-hmm. Those two especially, I mean, will just make your books so much better. Mm-hmm. And so those are the things to try to kind of get it ready to publish. Yeah. And those are investments that you are making in the self-publishing. Like, so that is kind of another difference from what we talked about earlier, but in the self-publishing space, you are making that upfront investment into those tools that are going to make your book so much better. So you have to look at it as this is an investment into the long-term payoff. Right. But I would also love if we can touch on the, like we've talked a little bit about the process and kind of the main Mm -hmm. stages of the process, but I'd love if we can touch on if there is a typical timeline that either just exists in self-publishing or that you generally recommend. Like, I mean, in self-publishing, the reality is you can make it as quick as you want, is my understanding, Mm -hmm. at least from my experience. Like, if you want to get a book out in the next three to six months, you could. With publishing, you're dependent on so many other parties, the marketing and the editing and this and that. So it's more of a one to two year process. But with self-publishing, it's a much quicker process if you want it to be. But I'm curious if you have a general guideline or if there's a general timeline that you see being pretty consistent when people Mm self-publish. Yeah, so... I'd say it's typically, it's, it's kind of what you said, it's it's somewhere between 90 days to a year. And 90 days is kind of on the shortest end. You can certainly go longer than that if you choose to. You know, traditionally, publishing is typically a minimum of two years. Mm-hmm. So either way, you're going to do it faster than that. With with my newest book, I went picking up a pen to published, and I think it was 104 days or wow. 105 days. And now that's very fast, mm-hmm. and I've done it before and that sort of thing. But I just, I did that to show, hey, this can be done at the highest level, mm-hmm. like, you know, this was while running a company, while mm-hmm. it was like wedding season. And there's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, 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 I've got 30 or 40 employees. Like there's all this stuff that was happening, but mm-hmm. I said, Hey, I'm going to make this a priority mm-hmm. because I wanted to show that it could be done. Yeah. So that's a, that's mm-hmm. a fast timeline, but it, it's, I'd say 90 days to a year is kind of the general timeline if you're if you're disciplined and focused and all that good stuff. Yeah, totally doable. And I also think, at least from my experience, my first couple of you know books that I self-published were much shorter. Like I wasn't writing 15-page right. chapters. Mm-hmm. So those types of books, if you do start with something that's kind of a proof of concept book or something that's a shorter read or a daily read, those sometimes you can churn out much faster than you could a 50,000-word manuscript. So that's another thing to yeah. think about too when you're trying to decide the type of book. And I'm curious too about in terms of themes. Okay, this is this is something this might be a little tough love in terms of like sharing your story and sharing your message, but I am curious if you ha- if you're on the same page with me about this. So, 
a lot of people want to self-publish a book and write like a memoir. They want to tell yes. their life story and they yes. don't, they have not built a foundational community or brand or anything where there's a lot of buy-in to their story mm-hmm. from the get-go. So a lot of people want to self-publish and they want to start there. And I have certain advice to that, but I'm curious if you think that in the self-publishing space, that's beneficial, or if it's actually beneficial to start with a book kind of like yours, like published where it's like a tool, Mm -hmm. it's a guidebook, it's teaching you. Mm -hmm. It's not just like you're sharing your own personal story. You are actually teaching a specific topic or you're, you have a very clear message, not just like, Hey, like here's my inspirational like life story. But I'd be curious what your thoughts are on that. Cause that is something I get asked about a lot. I have a hunch which direction you would lean towards this. And I, I think I probably agree, which is I think practical nonfiction mm-hmm. that's usable is the best place to start. Yeah. And it's one of the hardest books to sell is, is memoirs mm-hmm. if you're not famous. Yeah. Right. If I'm Matthew McConaughey mm-hmm. and I'm putting out my memoir, it's like that's much easier than mm-hmm. if if I'm not. And right. so so memoirs, you, you can still do it and it might be helpful, but I would just change the purpose. Mm-hmm. Like this is a legacy book. Right. Mm-hmm. This is for your kids and for your grandkids. Mm-hmm. This is not I'm going to sell a million copies. Yeah. Uh, and even within that, there's like the recommendation that we give for people who are dead set on writing memoirs is think themes and stories mm-hmm. that can be helpful for the audience. Mm-hmm. And, and so you, it's, yeah. it's, it's weird, but it's like your memoir is not about you. Yeah. But what are the themes mm-hmm. within that? Like mm-hmm. we've had uh, we had a couple who wrote a memoir that's doing really well. And it's about their foster and adopt kind of journey. And it's, I think it's called, it's called redefining normal. And so it's like, but that is interesting because I instantly know if I, if I'm a foster adopt kid, okay, I resonate with that. And I'm going to buy that book. And even though it's a lot of their story, I'm going to learn something. And so I think that's an example of kind of targeting a, a memoir in a way that will actually be helpful. Yeah. That even still practical nonfiction, much easier to write. And will often outsell and and be more impactful for your business if you have one and kind of all that stuff. Yeah. No, I'm really thankful that you shared that because I think one thing a lot of people forget when they want to tell their story. And a lot of times people want to write a memoir, partly just to, you know, share their own story, but also because they want to inspire others. Like you can overcome hard things too, or like, this is how I did it. Mm, But the reality is no one cares about your story until you give them a reason to care about their, your story. And, mm, and I yeah. think in that, like, Oh, I just want to share this like inspirational story of how I overcame hard things. I want to be like, well, you're, com- there's, you're in a really saturated space. Cause there is a ton of books like that. Mm-hmm. And so I think what you said about practical nonfiction and then giving the example of like the, the foster and adoptive book you just mentioned redefining normal, that's still mm-hmm. so different because that is speaking to a specific market who has a specific felt need. So Yes. This general like, oh, I just want to encourage women to, you know, overcome their struggle or, you know, overcome loss. It's like you have to be so much more specific than that, especially with your debut book or books, because Mm -hmm. you've got to establish that trust and you've got to add value. Then maybe down the road, it's like, okay, now I've got this reader base. Now I've got these people who are invested in my books. They love my. Maybe that's where I really share more of a memoir style, general inspiration book, because I've got bought in readers now. But when you are first mm-hmm. trying to establish that and create that trust, I think that's a really important thing to consider. And it may not seem as exciting to write something that's like you said, practical nonfiction or, but you've got to speak to a felt need and you've got to provide a solution or like a map. You don't necessarily have to solve their problem in the book, but if you can yeah. guide them through their problem and help them feel seen, understood and provide steps. And like, and like you said, with, with your book, I would say it's really practical, like guidance and knowledge. Mm-hmm. And the foster adoptive book may be a little bit more on the 
aspirational side, but again, it's speaking to a very specific felt need of someone who's in the journey. Those those really make a difference, and that really creates, a lot, I think, a lot more trust from new, you know, for new authors from readers who've never heard of them before, who, you know, yeah. have no so. Yeah, we're on the same page about that. But I think that's a little tough love because sometimes people just want to share their inspirational yeah. story. And it's like, I don't mean to like say something harsh, but like nobody cares at this point. You've got to give them mm-hmm. a reason to care, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. And, and yes. like you said, your story is really not about you. It's why should they care about it, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, okay, a couple more quick questions and we'll wrap up here. I think something important to talk about is the cost of self-publishing because we touched on the beginning, mm-hmm. like the difference is you get a, you know, advanced payment upfront with publishing versus you're making some advanced payments and investments into your book with self or with self-publishing versus traditional. Mm-hmm. Do you see like a general, if, if someone's like, I don't even know what to budget for this. I know I need to hire a designer and an editor. Or I need to kind of make some of these investments. What's a general range or estimate of what someone might expect to, to pay or invest in a project like this? Yeah. So you're kind of, you know, on the lower end, you could do it for maybe two to three thousand mm-hmm. um, dollars. But w- you know, we say like typically, like to publish a book well is kind of a minimum investment threshold of about ten grand, and and that's what we find. And, and there's like a few things within that, like you're paying for cover design, you're paying for editing, you're paying for formatting, mm-hmm. uh, and then you're paying to publish and market the book. Mm-hmm. And then sure, maybe you'll 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 pay for services or for coaching or for Mm -hmm. whatever else to like help you through that process. But that's typically kind of the ballpark uh, and range that we give people. Now you can pay a lot more than that. Mm -hmm. And then you can certainly do it on a budget. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I think when my first book, I had like one of my uh, old English teachers, like do some of the editing, Mm -hmm. like I was really on a budget Mm -hmm. and you can certainly do that, but that's the general range. Yeah, super helpful. That's really good to know. I think when people have a general expectation of what to what to expect and anticipate, I think that gives us some guidance on like, okay, is this the season for this? Or is this the time? Mm-hmm. Or how can I do this creatively to save on costs? Or no, you know what? It's time to go all in. Like when you know what you're up against, because I think a lot of people find themselves surprised. Like they just jump into a project yeah. and then they're like, oh my gosh, this is taking so much more time or costing so much more than I thought. Yeah. And then they quit halfway through. So when you're prepared yeah. and you know what to expect, you're going to be a lot more likely to follow through and really see it through to completion. Well, I agree. And I think, I think it's all about evaluating kind of like what season of life are you in mm-hmm. and which is more important time or money. Mm-hmm. You can spend money to save time. Mm-hmm. And that would be on the higher end, maybe even more than that $10,000 figure, mm-hmm. or you could spend time to save money. And there's been a lot of seasons in my life where I'm like, I need to spend time to save money. Mm-hmm. And then there's been a lot of seasons in my life, especially now where it's, all right, I need to spend money to save time. Yeah. And so just realizing what season are you in and mm-hmm. then making that investment decision accordingly. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Okay. I want to wrap up with this question. What additional tips or advice do you have for those who are seeking to get their book launched? And what are the best ways to maybe start promoting or marketing a book? Mm. Uh, So uh, for people who are thinking about, and I'll kind of attack this in two parts. So part one is for people who are thinking about getting a book published Mm -hmm. and you haven't started yet. My advice would be as soon as you finish listening to this podcast interview, take 15 minutes uh, and mind map everything you can think of on the topic that you might write about. Mm. So set a timer for 15 minutes, go through that mind map process. That's the process I was mentioning earlier. Mm-hmm. Think about lessons you've learned, stories that you have, ideas that you have, uh, books that you've read around this topic, like all those things. And like, that's the get started piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then to, to answer your question specifically about the launch, I look at the launch as kind of like it's, uh, it's, a, it's this, uh, I call it the launch triangle. Mm. And so the launch triangle, it's really, it's, it's the three things to do um, to successfully publish or launch your book. So first piece is a launch team. 
uh, and I'll circle back to that in just a second. Um, the, the second piece uh, is reviews, mm. so important. And then the third piece is promotions. Mm. And so I talk about this concept in my new book. It's like this MVP launch versus the traditional launch. Mm. So the MVP, this is kind of your minimum viable product. Mm-hmm. This is if you're lower on time or lower on budget, do the MVP launch. And then there's the traditional launch, mm-hmm. which is which is kind of more the, the type of book that you just did that, um, you know, Jenna mm-hmm. Kutcher, I just saw was on the mm-hmm. podcast. She just recently did. So mm-hmm. like, those are some examples. But it, either way, that kind of comes around that launch triangle where there's a launch team, which mm-hmm. is a small group of people who support your book. Mm-hmm. It could be 50 people, 100 people that leave a review on day one uh, and support the book. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that helps with the second piece of that triangle, which is the reviews piece. And then the third piece of that triangle is promotions. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of, I like to think of that kind of like an accordion, like it can go bigger or smaller depending Mm -hmm. on your budget, the time that you have and all that. And that's where, you know, things like podcast interviews, or you talk Mm -hmm. about, you know, the micro influencer program that you did with your book and Mm -hmm. giveaways and social promotions and like all that stuff, Mm -hmm. you can kind of accordion based on how big you want to go with launch. Yeah. Super helpful. That really breaks it down really well. The triangle is really helpful to figure <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Awesome. Chandler, this has been so good and so practical. I really feel like anybody who's been curious about self-publishing or just dreaming about it and not knowing where to start now have like a roadmap to get started on. And you've got some really great resources. So where can people find you? Where can they find your your new... Well, it's not... It's Did you say it's the second edition of Published? Exactly. Okay. Yep. So you've got a new edition of published. Explain to us what published is as a book. What does that do? What does that help us with? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So published is like a, it's, it's kind of like the 10,000 foot view of the process that we teach. Okay. And so it's, it's, it's called the proven path from blank page to 10,000 copies. That's the subtitle. Uh, and so it's all about helping people go from idea to published book and ultimately selling your first 10,000 copies. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I may have sent you a copy in the mail. Yeah. Um, so this is, this is kind of like a second edition. It's very, it goes into the frameworks that we've talked about on this show. So mm-hmm. if you want to check out the book, obviously you can get it on Amazon or listen to this podcast. You probably like audio. Mm-hmm. So I, I narrated the audio book. You can find that on audible. Awesome. The book's called published. Uh, and then I'd love to give away uh, 50 free physical copies of the book. So mm-hmm. uh, first 50 people from this podcast interview um, all you have to do is go to publishedbook.com forward slash Dooley. So publishedbook.com forward slash Dooley. And um, so Jordan's last name, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, if you go there and first 50 people will get you no strings, like awesome. physical copy. I'll, I'll pay for it, pack it, ship it. Well, I won't pack it and ship it, but we will. <laughs> and we'll ship it to you and uh, you can read the book and hopefully you enjoy it. Awesome. That is such a great gift. We'll make sure we put that link in the show notes. And you guys definitely go get that and check out self-publishing school too. That's a great resource if you're wanting some support and guidance on getting started. Chandler, thank you for being here and thanks for everything you've shared. It's been such a joy to chat with you. You're amazing. Thank you for having me. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content. And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in.
To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. <laughs> 